Hey, what's up, everyone? And welcome to another one-on-one episode of We Need to Talk. I took a couple weeks off, but I could not think of anyone better to join me other than my good friend, the executive director of the LA Democratic Party, Mr. Drexel Hurd. Thank you so much for joining me again on We Need to Talk. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. I know. You know, I got a daughter now, so. I know. I mean. <laughs> Your little goddaughter who you need to see more, come meet. I know. I know. Well, I mean, you know, when, the, when, the, when we're ready, you yes. just let me know. Even though we live like five minutes away. Literally around the corner. You it's guys don't of... even come outside when I come <laughs> we around don't. <laughs> We don't. He, Jex always says we treat him like a commoner. He's a commoner. <laughs> I mean, I'm outside putting shit in the mailbox. <laughs> don't, even get, don't even get a peek out of the window. We still love you, though. You know you family. <laughs> yeah, that's the, yeah, exactly. Oh, I love it. Um, okay, Drexel, so we are now 44 days away from the election. And, um, you know, we all know that this election is crucial. All elections are crucial, but this one feels like it's really important that people pay attention to and get in the game. So I, I want before we really start talking about the election, I want to talk a little bit about Donald Trump's presidency over the last few years. We're on Zoom, so I saw his facial expression. He was like, oh, great. Um, but let, I want to I really be honest, because I do try to be bipartisan in some things. And there, I will be the first to say there are some times that I do think some of the things that he says have been misinterpreted. But as a whole, I'm not a fan, obviously. But when we look at his presidency as a whole, are there any things, like policy-wise, that he's done that you think have actually been beneficial for the American people? So I think that that's a tough question because the, the the president has had a really hard time running on his record over these past few months. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't act, if you listen to him, he doesn't actually go out there and talk about the accomplishments that he's done over the past few years outside of uh, judges, outside of the court system. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's not legislating. That is packing the court so that when a situation arises um, or a state legislature has a, a piece of legislation that is unconstitutional, that it may go in your way. Mm-hmm. That's not actually doing the job of, of, um, of working with the Congress to come up with legislation that works on behalf of the American people. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of accomplishments for this president, you know, I think that um, if you're a business owner or certainly a corporation, uh, the Trump task, tax cuts have been um, to your benefit. Mm-hmm. That does not necessarily something that has helped the American people. In theory, Republicans have always said that um, that trickle-down economics uh, works, but mm-hmm. that would uh, mean that corporations and stakeholders and shareholders have the moral fortitude uh, to to think about the people that are actually doing the work uh, on the ground. But that's not the case. Right. Uh, So we actually haven't seen, uh, if you ask any Trump supporter or ask any Republican, has this directly benefited you? Um, You know, their answer will vary from no, it hasn't, to I'm sure it's going to make its way down to me. Right, right. and, and but that's just how people kind of work. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not. I think everybody has their views on religion, but that's kind of like waiting for God to, to, to 
bless your life at some point. You're just waiting for that opportunity to happen. Right, right. Uh, and in the moment, you're not going, you know, and, and where Americans need relief right now, which I'm sure we'll talk about mm-hmm. um, um, where, where the Senate is in a little bit. But um, so you got that. And then, of course, you've got the more foreign policy related stuff uh, where the White House has been pretty good on um, focusing its Middle East policy um, on on the state of the Middle East. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw the president uh, work with uh, the UAE and Israel and partners uh, to come up with a, a joint agreement on how to move forward in the Middle East. That's certainly something that uh, has not been um, that's been, that's taken other presidents a long time to do. But I guess if that's the only, if you're not focused on the American people, then I guess the only other thing that you can focus on is somebody else. Right. Right. Uh, and so, you know, but does that directly impact the American people on a macro level? Of course it does. Right. You know, because you, you, we're not, you know, hopefully we're not sending troops overseas. Hopefully we're not um, spending money over there, but we will continue to spend money on Israel and the billions uh, to protect uh, their country, and of course, try to balance the relationship between um, uh, Israel and Palestine, mm-hmm. and what a two-state solution or not might look like. Uh, and so, the other part of that, the third, the only a third accomplishment of that uh, is, of course, um, um, the First Step, First Step Act. Mm-hmm. For uh, prison reform, for prison reform that that mm-hmm. Ann Jones and uh, and so many people out there have talked about. Now, does that have a, has that had a direct impact on Black Americans across the country? Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I think that you're still seeing like if you're going to talk about, <laughs> it's one thing to talk about prison reform and not talk about police reform. You right. can't do both. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, what this president has failed to do while accomplishing something on prison reform has failed to address the reason how people get to prison. Exactly. And yeah. so uh, you can't do one without the other. Right. Um, <laughs> so, um, and so that's, that's certainly something that uh, hopefully Joe Biden's going to talk about uh, and Kamala Harris are going to talk about uh, when they get into these debates. Yeah. Um, in, the next, in the next 10 days. And I think all eyes are definitely going to be on that because it is such an important issue in the country right now. I mean, you don't, you can't go a day without hearing about some form of police brutality happening or some form of raid or some form of uh, discourse between the law enforcement and specifically black people. So I really do hope that when we get into the debates, we are gonna hear some very definitive answers for how we're going to move forward with this being such a, a big situation in this country. Sure. And, and I think that you're going to hear a lot about that from hopefully, you know, depending on the questions, because I think that people forget that in these debates, um, that it really is comes down to the, what questions are being asked and yeah. how they're able to pivot. Right, uh, right. And really focus. I think the president is going to do a lot of jockeying and not answering questions um, while trying to pull Joe Biden into an area um, of... Um, that, that he doesn't need to go in and hopefully the, the vice president will be able to swat that down. Yeah. Um, a little bit different because she's a former prosecutor. Uh, she's a former attorney and, and she's able to kind of debate a little bit better. Um, but I mean, if you go on JoeBiden.com and you're looking at the bunch of plans, I mean, th- there are a lot of plans on that. Yeah. Website. Yeah. And I was going to bring that up. So for you, when you're looking at that website, what do you think are the most important policies that, th- that he's running on? 
Well, right now, I think if you're um, the one thing that the American people care about the most, of course, is um, is with the state of the economy. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Trump administration inherited a, an economy that was booming, mm-hmm. that was blossoming, and that jobs were being created monthly. Uh, now that he's taking credit for, I want people to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and certainly, certainly has nothing to do with any policy that he's um, put out there or. Right. or or any red tape that he thinks that he's uh, that he's cut, um, but I think that the one thing that this that the that Vice President Biden is really good at is, and that that we lost in 2016, is that you know Hillary Clinton unfortunately, uh, uh, um, and this is no criti- this is criticism to Hillary Clinton, but this is not criticism. This is just how the campaign was run. Right, right. Um, didn't spend a lot of time talking about. Um, middle America in, in the sense of where the economy, um, where they were being hit the hardest. Mm-hmm. And I think somebody like Joe Biden, if you watched his town hall on CNN last week, yeah, uh, you know, one of the questions that I thought was really, uh, one of the answers that he had that I thought was really good, and I actually say this all the time to people, um, was uh, on college education, where you know, the, the media went out there and said, oh, this is the first time that an Ivy Leaguer, the Democrats have nominated somebody that didn't go to an Ivy League. The criticism from from Republicans and certainly independents and, and and Trump Republicans and everybody is that Democrats are are typically elitist, and that has a lot to do with the fact that people tout their education in front of people's faces as yeah. if it is a as as if it is a qualifier uh, to make you a better person. Right. And and that's not always the case. Uh, education only takes you full, so far. Experience takes you other places. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so Joe Biden went out there and said, look. I didn't go. Yeah. He said, you guys made this narrative. He said, I don't go out there talking about my education. Yeah. I went to, you know, uh, you know, uh, Delaware, wherever he went. Um, Kamala Harris didn't go to an Ivy league college, even though Howard is the Ivy league of, of, of HBCUs. HBCUs. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But you know, she didn't go to Harvard or Yale or Princeton or any of you know, any of those things. And, um, and so, I think that that's certainly something that's going to resonate with people, mm-hmm. um, which is you don't have to live in California or New York or, or you know, upcoming Atlanta or Chicago or any of these big Democratic strongholds uh, to be uh, effective in your communities. And you right. certainly don't have to go to college or to go to an Ivy League college, certainly uh, to have uh, the experience needed to lead your community. And I think that that's certainly something that the, that the vice president's really good at speaking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so when he's talking about the economy, you know, he said last week, "This is Scranton versus Wall Street. This is this is exactly the argument that he needs to have. Mm-hmm. This is Donald Trump inheriting wealth um, that he didn't earn versus you know people, the American dream, or in Republicans' case, uh, you know, uh, a personal responsibility where you're where you're you know." being pulled up by your bootstraps. Like that is an area that Joe Biden is really good at talking about. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, in terms of the economy, that's certainly something that the vice president is going to be looking at. I think, you know, the, the vice president also has, and Kamala Harris also has their lift every voice uh, plan for black America. That, black that, community, that, yeah. that, was an, that was an early plan uh, developed by both Senator Harris and Joe Biden, mm-hmm. um, and that was one of the first plans that was that was rolled out right after the prime, right, right, right after the California primary, and right, right before, right before, right after South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
so that's certainly something that they've kind of built on over these past um, um, few weeks. Uh, and then, of course, the other big thing for for Democrats and certainly young younger generations uh, is what uh, are the effects of climate change certainly are having here in California. We've had wildfires and up the coast and the west coast have had wildfires. Hopefully earthquakes are happening more frequently. Are well, that was RBG. She was just reminding us. Of <laughs> Um, but, uh, but she's like, y'all better get this right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to wake y'all up at 11 PM just to remind y'all what a Trump presidency can do. Right. Um, you know, you know, so like, those are the things that I think are going to be really important. I think the, yeah. the vice president's going to have to be very careful, particularly on the climate change piece. Um, because yeah, you do have a lot of climate skeptics out there i mean our pres- um, our current president is one of them current president but just voters in general yeah um, yeah you know because it doesn't necessarily affect middle america right the way that it does the coasts um you know you're we're seeing hurricane seasons for a reason of course earthquake season and wildfire season yeah uh for for the west coast like it, that, that that kind of stuff you don't hear about torn i mean you hear about tornado season but they're not really like in excess as, as right as, as often like, yeah as often, for sure you know? so yeah so i think those are the things that um that uh you're going to hear from the vice president of course healthcare. uh while you've got the while we're in the middle of this pandemic and you've got the president out there uh still in the courts uh, his people still in the courts uh trying to strike down uh health which is one of the reasons why they want to fill the supreme court seat as fast yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I do want to talk about uh, filling the Supreme Court seat in a second, but I want to backtrack a little bit to talk about the Black community, because there seems to be a continuous uh, point of contention in, in terms of Kamala and Biden being the candidates. And I think you and I are both kind of in the same uh, mindset of with Kamala, she was a prosecutor. She did her job. And, you know, as a black woman, sometimes you have both hands tied and your feet are also shackled at the same time. And you just have to do your job. With Biden, you know, I I think he's a product of the times. And I think that I'm very, you know, we talked about religion a little bit, but I'm very much a person of grace. And you have to give people a chance to change and show the progress that they're making. So what do you say to the black community who still kind of has this animosity towards them because of their past? So I, I think that one of the things that Kamala, so one of the things, and clearly it's a strategic piece that Senator Harris and Joe Biden did was not necessarily address their past. Um, and and that was probably more strategy than it was anything. And sure, you know, whatever, everybody has their own ways of doing things. I probably would advise, have advised a little bit different uh, to at least uh, address something because Barack Obama did uh, with Jeremiah Wright. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that seemed to um, calm people's fears. Right. I think that one of the things that I always tell people is that every experience is learned uh, and you learn from every experience. And in this case, um, you can't make a change unless you know where the root of the problem is. Right. In terms right. of, in terms of um, you know, it's just like Oprah said, if you, when you know better, you do better. Yes. I think that Joe Biden um, with the crime bill in 1994 um, that was, you know, voted on by many Democrats and certainly mm-hmm. many Republicans, uh, learned from that experience. I think the same, you can apply that same uh, situation to the war in Iraq, uh, you know, and, and other major policy positions that were done wrong. Right. And so I think in this case, people have to be able to, to look at it and go, okay, well, what was learned between now and then? We haven't had a major um policy shift on crime since then 
uh, and how we look at things. I know Barack Obama certainly, um, you know, the Obama administration worked really hard to discuss and and the Justice Department on mandatory minimums and and address those issues uh, on how they went after mar- you know marijuana and 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 drug related uh, incidents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, but that's only one piece of crime, and I think that when we talk about crime, we're only talking about drugs as if that's a that's the only thing that's out. <laughs> Just, right. just wild to me. And right. Then, course, right. You think about drugs, you're like, well, who's actually using the drugs and pushing the drugs? Mm-hmm. I can tell you, it's not black folks. So, um, preach. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, I'm just, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. It's but right. like, you know, and so like, I think that the, the vice president's just going to have to continue to have those honest conversations, and I'm sure he has in private. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, there's a there there are black leaders who are out there saying, look, Joe Biden has said this, this, and this. And I think that if you, like I said, if you look at some of um, the Biden plan for black America, uh, it's pretty comprehensive. It's comprehensive enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, is there opportunity for more? Absolutely. Um, Do we need to talk about uh, wealth and black wealth? Absolutely. That's something that that the, that the Biden. And closing that wealth gap for sure. Yep. Yeah, and that's certainly the, the, something that the Biden plan does. Here in California, you know, I think that uh, there's a rule that, that I think one of the laws, the new laws, is that you have to have an X amount of um, women and minorities on your board uh, mm-hmm. at this point. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, the other part of that, of course, is how uh, is going to be the John Lewis uh, Voting Rights Act. Yeah, and what that looks like, and strengthening our our equal protection uh, uh, and the right to vote, um, and then of course um, something that Black Americans don't talk about enough, of course, is the impacts of the environment on uh, on on Black communities. Um, I, I always hate when people say low income communities in the same sentence as Black communities, um, but yeah. uh, that's just the re- that's that's where we are, mm-hmm. uh, and so. Um, and so like, I think that those are the things that we have to remember, um, about what is next. I think you can, you can hold people accountable. Yes. I think, and it's something I talk about to Democrats here in LA County a lot is, you know, everybody's out there trying to hold people accountable, but nobody's out there trying to support. (laughs) You got to be able to do both. Yeah. Everybody wants to criticize, but nobody wants to support the next person. I completely agree with that. You know, I feel like just on our Facebook, my Facebook feed, at least you've cleaned yours up quite a bit. I need to do that eventually, (laughs) but I feel like I see a lot of people stating the problems, but nobody's ever coming up with solutions, you know, but I agree. You got to be out there and support, but still hold people accountable. So I I 100% think you're correct on that. Yeah. I, um, I, um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that, we spend so much. To, everybody has an opinion, and yes. right now, right now, right now, more than ever, because nobody's doing anything uh, in terms of going outside. Hanging yeah, out. I mean, yes, I think people are moving back into somewhat of normal routines uh, in certain cases. You know, look, you know, hopping out in restaurants, doing whatever. You know, um, and, and that's fine. Um, but at the same time, if they're not, if they are not. Um, if you're not able to support, it's like criticizing your friend and not supporting them at the same time. Yeah. 
You got to be able to do both. And if you're not doing both, then you're not helping the situation. Right. Uh, It's like a parent uh, not doing positive reinforcement uh, and only telling your kid exactly what they're doing wrong. Like that's Mm -hmm. not helping them. So I think that, you know, with for Democrats here in LA, you know, uh, you know, I spend time, you know, in my day job, dealing with dim on dim fights sometimes mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of tell everybody we're not getting in the middle of that right 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 uh, and it's not because we don't support we don't agree that one side is being shitty uh, it's that at the end of the day if we choose a side then um, then then down the road who knows is going to happen yeah so in this case with Joe Biden and Kamala you can look at their record and be critical of their record of, of, of where they were in, in, a, in a frozen in time section. But then you also have to say, well, look at what Kamala has said. I mean, there's clips out there of Kamala Harris actually addressing the problem of racial disparity in the country. There's a whole CNN clip of, of a C-SPAN mm. clip of it. And if you can't look at what she actually said about how she actually feels versus the system that she was uh, having to deal with at mm-hmm. the time, then what are you doing? That just means you don't understand how things work. Right, right. Right. You know, and that just shows me that you're not doing a little, uh, you're, you're just surface level looking at things. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, uh, that's certainly not going to help. That's certainly not going to, it just stresses people out. For sure. For sure. And, you, you know, know, there's so many, I, I, I just don't understand, I guess, the feeling of undecided voters right now. I, I've never, I've never understood that, especially when you're looking at kind of everything that's happening, like, you can't be living under a rock. We see what's happening. We see what we're living in. These are the options, but do your research and you can see people don't look at people's progress. And that really bothers me. If you're going to hold people, hold people's past against them, then none of us will ever be able to progress in our lives ever at any time. You know? So I do hope that people take time to listen to the debates, look at their policies, go on their websites and can make an informed decision. Yeah. And I think the other part of that is that people forget that, you know, Joe Biden actually does have a fairly progressive record um, on a lot of issues. And, you know, when it comes to climate change, Joe Biden was one of the first in the 80s to address climate change mm-hmm. uh, in the way that he did on legislation. Um, you know, I think when it comes to the economy, he's talking about investing uh, in infrastructure and clean energy. Like, those are the things that Joe Biden's been talking about. Uh, of course, they get lost in the shuffle of yeah. Them. Uh, and of course, Senator Harris has, if you listen to Donald Trump, you'd think that she's the most liberal person in Congress. And, and so, and that's for a reason, uh, because here in California, she does have a fairly, if you look at the way Dianne Feinstein is, like Senator Harris is far more to the left of Senator Feinstein. Um, but she really does have a progressive record in the Senate. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, again, it goes back to what I said, which is, you know, if you are not looking, if you can, if, you, if you're isolating a person's record for one decision, then you're not looking at a totality of somebody's uh, career. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's like, um, that's like somebody getting a failing grade and their whole GPA is based off of one failing grade. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not a thing. Like it's just not a thing, right. you know. So right. you, can't, you can't write somebody off or cancel culture somebody or whatever you guys think you're doing um, when 
you're not looking at the totality of somebody's record. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a reason why Barack Obama chose Joe Biden. Yeah. He didn't think, I mean, the, the, the other two people that Barack Obama was considering was Tim Kaine and Evan Bayh. Tim Kaine from Virginia, Evan Bayh from Indiana. He chose Joe Biden for a reason. Mm-hmm. And both Tim Kaine, who ended up being obviously Hillary Clinton's vice president nominee, fine guy, right? You know, mm-hmm. get to pick somebody else, but fine. Mm-hmm. You know, Evan Bayh, fine, right? Mm-hmm. They both had still, you know, pretty good records, but Joe had a better record. Right. He could speak to very different people. Um, and he was going to be somebody who was going to support this president. I think that's certainly something that we talk about a lot, certainly in black folks, we're looking at Joe Biden and go, this, I mean, you've heard the things where yeah. people, this man sat around for eight years and let this black guy just run things. He, <laughs> he didn't, he didn't <laughs> criticize. He didn't say anything. He did his job. You know, he stood by and did that, you know, mm-hmm. last, first in the room, last man out the whole mm-hmm. time, every time. And, uh, and I think people have to give him a little bit more credit in a, yeah. in a, in a, in a lot. So, yeah. 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 So you know, obviously we lost a, a, a giant uh, last weekend. We lost RBG. Um, and now it seems like there is a mad dash to replace her. And, you know, I was looking at some of the statements that a lot of the Republican senators made back in 2016 saying, you know, we don't do this during an election year. We don't replace a Supreme Court, Justin, you know, after, after um, Scalia retired. But now that seems to all be just fine because they have the majority. And I'm curious your thoughts on how you feel about that. And if you think that they are just going to ignore the things that they said in the past during Obama's presidency and just move forward with confirming somebody during an election year. Well, I think we've already seen two senators come out uh, and say uh, that they don't feel comfortable moving forward before before the election. Everybody's being very careful about what they're saying. Uh, when they say before the election, they truly mean not within these next forty six days. That does not necessarily mean they won't um, they won't want to act shortly after that. Right. I think that Republicans if you look at where Republicans have been over the past few years in terms of what they've actually accomplished, it's literally nothing. Um, no, seriously. They, they really, if you look at the Republican record, um, they really have done nothing mm. to help the American people. Um, but, I mean, we, we, we've but, seen that during the pandemic even, you know, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So my, my thing, and you saw it, I think I posted the, the, yesterday, which was, you know, Republicans seem to have time to do everything but what they're supposed to be doing. Right. Which is helping the American people. You can't say, because they're about to go on recess. They're about to go, literally next week, they were about to hit the campaign trail again. Mitch McConnell is about to send them back uh, to their states, especially those swing states and those most vulnerable Republican senators. What they need is like five senators to flip this whole thing. Mm. And so, and, and they've got a lot of senators that are up for re-election and a lot of vulnerable senators. I mean, Teresa Greenfield is leading Joni Ernst in Iowa. Mark Kelly is about to win Arizona. Cal Cunningham is leading in North Carolina against Tom Tillis, who just said that he wanted to confirm. Uh, uh, he wanted to move forward with that. Um, and, and, so there's a, and, and so there's a lot of senators out there who are super vulnerable, who are trying to ride the line right now. And uh, they don't know what to do. The only thing that they know is, is that there is a 70 to 80% chance that Democrats flip the Senate. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and that everything that they do between now and inauguration day, if that happens, because the so what people might not know is, is that the Senate, the new Senate gets sat before the new president gets sat. Okay. And so, um, so that happens first. That's like January 6th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Kelly, if he wins in Arizona uh, on November 3rd, will get sat uh, on November 30th because it is to fill John McCain's seat mm. and remain in, in turn. So, um, so that brings the Republicans down to, to three people that, 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 that are only one more person that they can lose basically right on this and so um so republicans are more mitch mcconnell's more worried about um power than he is about anything else for sure and and he's already made it clear that his legacy will be about the courts so that's all he cares about yeah do whatever he thinks is necessary to secure that piece of the legacy Mm -hmm. uh without the consequences he's not worried about his seat uh, because Amy McGrath is like 30 points down, even though she has $40 million. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if it was going to be, what's his name? Charles Booker. They both still would have lost. Right. I, I don't know. Like the, the people can argue all day about whether or not Democrats should have backed Charles Booker. At the end of the day, Charles Booker would have still been 30 points behind Mitch McConnell in Kentucky. And so I think that um, that's probably what's going to happen is that if one more senator, I know Mitt Romney's kind of been out there saying he doesn't want to move on that. Mm-hmm. Then it only takes like one or two more Republican senators who are vulnerable to say, look, we're not going to do that. And so, um, and so, but at the other, the other side of that is what happens when, when Republicans try to flip the chessboard over, Democrats are going to come in and bring their own chessboard. Mm-hmm. And, 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 um, and this is the time where <laughs> we know each other well enough, not we, as we as Democrats know each other well enough to know that it's a long shot for Democrats to be ruthless. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Reid was a little bit more ruthless than Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer likes to play the middle far too often. Nancy Pelosi is a much better chess player, which is why she gets things done and why Chuck Schumer does not. Um, so in this case, Chuck Schumer, who or whoever the Senate Majority Leader is going to be next, hopefully it's like Elizabeth Warren or somebody, mm-hmm. literally brings in a new chessboard, sits it down and says, look, we're putting your pieces on the table now. You don't get to bring your pieces to the board. Right. We're going to tell you exactly what we're doing now. And you're going to play our game, not the mm-hmm. other way around. Mm-hmm. That could include, you know, eliminating the filibuster which is certainly something that everybody's talking about. Yeah. Uh, this could, could include court packing. Um, let me rephrase that. It could include court reform because the mm-hmm. term court packing in, implies that we're trying to pack it for a reason. Right, right. We're trying to get out there and say, look, we want to make sure that it is fair that nine people uh, or that one person in this case cannot decide the fate of the entire country. Uh, and I think that's certainly something that people have to remember going into this election is that every minority group is at risk under this presidency. And yeah, if this administration Donald, as a whole. Yeah. Donald Trump gets to appoint a a um, an, conservative a, a court of justice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, if you're black, be afraid. If you're LGBT, be afraid. <laughs> be afraid. Especially if you're if a you're woman. a woman, yeah, be afraid. I think out of all the minority groups, that is the most that is the most crucial. Yeah, 
um, because and it's so crazy to say minority groups because women make up 50% more than 51% of the country. Um, but yet, for who's making the decisions, they are a minority group. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, one of the first things on the docket on the other side of this election is the Affordable Care Act uh, and what happens there. So people have to remember that, again, elections have consequences. Hillary Clinton tried to tell us that she literally said in a tweet in 2015 that the next president could choose up to four Supreme Court justices. We are now at number three. Mm. <laughs> mm. Do you know? So, um, so like that is certainly something that people have to um, just buck up and and realize that this ain't about you, right? You know, right. AOC. If you watch her on on the thing the other day, said, "Look, how, if you agree with Joe Biden or not, it's not about that." Right. We're, you we're, don't have to like him. We're past. <laughs> yeah. We're past that now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're now in what happens to democracy. Um, when you don't do that. I mean, you saw Donald Trump th the other day, you know, saying, you know, I'm going to, you know, jokingly, of course, but he still said it, you know, I'm going to do a, an executive order, um, you know, to make sure that Joe Biden can't become president. Now, look, somebody said that in his head. And so he didn't just make that up off the cuff. That's probably something that he'd probably been thinking about. How do and I he's Yeah, he's trying to figure out how he can do that. And he's trying to figure out, you know, one of the things he also said was, uh, and you saw in the Joe Biden uh, 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 ad that just came out. Yeah. 15 second ad. You know, he's like, look, I'll be gone. Well, that's probably because you'll be in jail. Mm. You're going to be talking to anybody. And we've never had an ex-president in jail. Uh, and of course, <laughs> ex-presidents get secret service. Um, so that means the president has to be isolated if he ends up going to jail. And, uh, and so, um, like, those are the things that have to be, um, that people have to remember. And, yeah. you know, like, 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 I get it, you know, Joe is certainly was not, uh, who's a lot of people's first choice, but a lot of right. friends who like Joe Biden, you know, he was probably my like third choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and that had not, not necessarily because I didn't agree with Joe Biden. That just, I just, just people you preferred more. I just liked Kamala Harris better. I liked Elizabeth Warren better. Yeah. Yeah. And so people just have to like, remember and that's the selfish part and you've heard me say this before and i've said it before in this program before too which is you know our moral obligation to each other far exceeds how we feel about our individual ideology amen and yep. and so if you are unwilling to think about the next person on the person sitting next to you or the person across the street or the or all of these nurses who are working overtime or if you walk down LA or in these cities and you see construction workers you know dressed just this full on PPE in 100 degree weather yeah and 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 trying to make sure they're keeping the infrastructure alive or police officers out there getting shot in Compton for no reason uh, or <sighs> all of these things that are happening and you're not worried about that and you're more worried about well i don't I'm, like joe biden i don't like, like kamala biden. harris yeah right. like that that does not make sense to me that actually makes me not want to care about you yeah but i still have a job to make sure that we care about your well-being mm -hmm. so um you know i i, I think that that's certainly something uh that we just have to get better on and i mm -hmm. hope that um coming out of this pandemic 
that people, <laughs> I, I would hope that people coming out of this pandemic would realize that, um, but it took us, you know, four months just to get people to wear a mask. <laughs> We're still trying to get people to wear masks. We're still trying to get people to wear it's, masks. For some reason, it's it's been politicized, and I, and I for the life of me, will not understand that. Um, but uh, I'm going to shift gears before we wrap up here, because we are both in California, and you know you are the executive director of the L.A. County Democratic Party. I'm so proud of your that, title. So they say. <laughs> <laughs> I love saying your title, because I'm so proud of you. But I do want to talk Tim about... can't say it. He's still trying to figure it out. That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to tell him he better figure it out. He's like, what do you do? He's like, what do he's you like, do? What do you do again? Uh, he's like, you only you 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 run the operation for the large. What? What does that mean? Oh In my gosh! You're like, never mind. I'm like, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Just vote, please. <laughs> please, right? Uh, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about some of the propositions that are on the upcoming ballot for California because I think those are just as important. I feel like when you go into uh, election, people are so focused on the president, but you got to look at your local elections, you got to look at your regional things that you're 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 voting on the propositions. So let's just talk about a couple of these because I know that they have um, three. I'm looking at the Cal Matters website. They have three specific propositions on race and civil rights, uh, Proposition 16's ending the ban on affirmative action, we have Prop 17's restoring the right to vote for people to vote that have been on parole, and then Prop 18 is letting some 17-year-olds even vote some of the time. So let's talk about those three, or in any of the propositions that you think people really should be paying attention to as well. Um, so I'll, I'll take the, 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 the three that you talked about, and then there's mm -hmm. probably one more that I think people will be more interested in as well. Okay. Uh, 16, well, let's talk with 18. 18, yeah. California has a rule uh, right now that has allowed 17-year-olds, um, or if you're 16, 17, you can pre-register uh, to vote. Mm -hmm. Go on lavote.net or the California Secretary of State website, and you're 16 or over, you can pre-register to vote. You get your registration by a certain uh, time. Right. Uh, this would bring down the age um, uh, to, for 17 year olds, it says at the time of the next general election to vote. So you can register if it's, um, if you are turning 18 in uh, 2023, if you're 17 in 2023 and you're going to be 18 in 2024, mm -hmm. that's the next general election, you you're can, eligible, you, you can register. register to vote. Yeah. Um, that's just pre-voting. It's fine. It's yeah. It, it, that's an easy one. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, LA County Democratic Party and of course the state party uh, is supporting that proposition. Yes. So that one's a little bit less controversial because you got to be 18 to vote. We're just setting you up for success and just to exactly. be exactly getting them prepared. You know, encouraging them to register so that they're going to be in the game. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. If you are, um, if you're eligible to serve in the military, you should be eligible to vote. That's just my personal opinion on it. Uh, Proposition 17, um, that would allow people on parole or felony uh, to vote in California. We've seen mm -hmm. uh, the poll tax that's happening in Florida, uh, where even those who have gotten their rights back in the state of Florida uh, still have to pay off their fines or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, which essentially is a poll tax. Uh, and I'm sure that the courts uh, are gonna be looking at that now sooner rather than later. The Constitution of California disqualifies people with felonies from voting until their imprisonment and parole are completed. Uh, the ballot was a 17 would amend the state's constitution to allow people with felonies who are on parole to vote, who are mm -hmm. literally on parole mm -hmm. to vote. They've mm -hmm. already done their time in prison and now they're just out like normal um, people in 
society and hopefully um, rehabilitating themselves and and, and, and re, re, not necessarily rehabilitating themselves we got to get to a point where we're actually helping them rehabilitate yes that's um, true this is and true. so 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 this proposition doesn't change the fact that if you're in prison that you still have the right to vote because you don't mm-hmm. um, but if you're on parole and you've done your time um then you know parole is just nothing but somebody coming to check up on you and making yeah. sure that you're still on the up and up that shouldn't disqualify you from voting right um so that's certainly something that the party um uh supports mm-hmm. and um and where we think everybody else should as well 16 is a little bit the most controversial and doesn't seem to be polling well in california so Proposition uh, 209 stated that the discrimination and preferential treatment were prohibited in public employment, education, and public contracting uh, on the account of a person's uh, race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, Proposition 209, which was passed in 1996, banned the use of affirmative action involving race-based or sex-based preferences in California. Right. Proposition 16 uh, would, would repeal 209 and allow... Um, uh, uh, state and, and and local governments and universities um, to, to be able to those characteristics into account into account yeah um, we're seeing a lot of colleges get in trouble over these over these um, I, I think it was either Princeton or Harvard one of the two just had a whole lawsuit about it maybe a couple weeks ago uh, so Proposition 16 uh, is designed to repeal um, 209 uh, to make that a thing now that's not necessarily polling. Uh, well in California, of course, it, it, it polls well with younger voters, Yeah, uh, certainly not those who are older. And you would think that it would poll well with black and brown communities when it actually does not. Interesting. Um, so I think that that one, th- there is a, because you got to get like two thirds uh, of the vote um, in the state to, for about for proposition to pass. Um Proposition, I can I can tell you we support Proposition 16. The likelihood of it passing is like slim to none, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that just has a lot to do with where everybody is. I think a couple of other th- propositions that people uh, <clears throat> have probably seen about uh, are Proposition 22, which is the fight with Uber uh, yes, and the categorization yeah. of um, of independent contractors. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks out there, AB5 really uh, hit hard. AB5 yes. was designed to go after Uber and those rideshare apps. Proposition 22 is really going into the heart of that uh, and, and figuring that out. And then it probably will give uh, the legislate, legislature an opportunity to go back to AB5 and make those um, and make those adjustments mm-hmm. uh, as needed. So there's, so 22 is certainly some some something that people who are certainly independent contractors or Uber drivers uh, should need to pay at. attention to. Yeah. Those are all statewide measures, but of course, the ones that affect people um, directly, while the statewide measures do, uh, of course, are the countywide measures here in LA County and the local ballot measures. If you look on your ballot and you see it, everybody should be getting their ballot. Actually, I'll go over the the the, the timeline in a, in a, in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, LA County's Measure J is something that's going on all of our ballots, the reimagining LA County. Uh, it shifts and reinvests money from the the supervisors have. Uh, a certain amount of money into uh, away from law enforcement mm-hmm. and into investing into uh, mental health, things like that, mm-hmm. and figuring out where they can, uh, where we can move that money and reinvest. So this is something that we've all been talking about. Who knows what's going to happen? Here's my thought on Measure J and just this whole election in general. 
here in LA County, we have a DA's race between Jackie Lacey and George Gascon. Yeah. George Gascon, former district attorney of, of, of uh, San Francisco. And then, um, and Jackie Lacey, who has been um, not necessarily a friend to the black community, uh, but certainly to law enforcement and other communities, even though she yeah. likes to pretend that she has. Right. If Jackie Lacey wins, Measure J is going to fail because those are the same pockets of people. Right. Uh, so I think that's, that's something that certainly people have to remember that if you are out there and you're getting folks out there to vote for George Gascon, make sure that you're out there voting for Measure J. Because I can tell you, LAPPL and a lot of those other um, uh, uh, police unions are certainly fighting Measure J because they don't want their money taken away from them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, <laughs> but Jackie Lacey has a better chance of winning than people think she does. Yeah. There are a lot more conservative parts of this. Um, I think, I think with the shooting of the two deputies, I mean, that was, that was like, that was like, if there were, if there was a coffin and there are four nails that need to be driven, uh, Jackie Lacey's already put three in the coffin of George Gascon. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and so, and that's all she needs to do. Uh, and then that would eliminate measure J as well, because, um, um, people, you know, I think people forget that black communities want to feel safe that they're not out there, black folks aren't out there saying we don't want police officers in our communities. Like nobody's saying that, but white people. <laughs> right. I mean, no offense to white people, but like, but like that's the reality is that white people are trying to, other folks are trying to talk on the behalf of the black communities and not actually realizing that most black communities actually like to feel safe. Um, the only other thing we just don't like is, you know, folks getting shot and for no reason exactly exactly so i think that's certainly something that people have to remember but of course as we look at da lacy um that and whatever what happens with measure j it's also going to have an effect on the 2022 sheriff's race as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if you look at the numbers if jackie lacy wins overwhelmingly it's going to give you us a preview of where sheriff villanueva is going to be in 2022 yeah and so, and, and the uphill battle, it's going to be for people to try to get him, uh, get him out. Right. Right. So I think that people, if you're living in LA County, pay attention to your ballot, talk to your friends about the, the propositions that are important because those are really the ones that have a huge effect on what's going on. Everything else that's on the, on your ballot, everybody has a very specific proposition that's going to be on our ballot. Um, you know, I think in Long Beach as an old production tax and Burbank city is a rent stabilization ordinance. Yeah. Uh, a lot of bonds for schools. Um, and then um, some, some, some cannabis regulation uh, in other areas. So, you know, just be paying attention to those things because those are going to be really important in very hyper-targeted areas mm-hmm. uh, when you're, when you're trying to vote. Um, the one thing that people just have to remember is that uh, here in, in California, with the way that we, with our VSAT program and voting, uh, ballots actually drop, uh, sample ballots will be dropping on, uh, in four days. Oh, wow. Coming <laughs> um, up. Okay. <laughs> and vote by mail ballots drop on uh, October 5th. In some, in a couple of states across the country, as people have seen, uh, voting is now. Voting has started. Uh, in Virginia, people are lined up to early vote right now. Uh, so this election is coming up on us in the next few days. It's basically tomorrow. It's basically <laughs> tomorrow. Um, military ballots uh, have already um, have basically already gone out. 
Mm. Um, they they went out on uh, on September fourth. Uh, legally, they have to be done forty five days before the election, so they've probably already gone out by now. Um, and then there's going to be about um, there's going to be seventy five here in LA County. There's eight hundred voting locations across the city. Mm. Um, there's uh, there the five day voting locations from August. There'll be 75 11 day voting centers uh, that are going to include uh, CSU campuses. Uh, they're going to come out with a list soon. Uh, the Forum will be a voting location. Oh, wow. Hollywood Bowl will be a voting location. Great. Staples Center will be a voting location. Um, and so there's a lot that people can go to. People have to remember you don't have to vote just in your, you don't have to drop your ballot just in your area. You can be driving down the road and go, oh, I got my ballot in my car. I'm near, I don't live near the Hollywood Bowl, but I'm going to drop my ballot off at the Hollywood Bowl. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also going to be about 300, about 400 uh, drop boxes installed uh, across the city. You can go to a drop box if you don't feel uh, comfortable going into a voting center. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, so there's options. There and are no excuses. multiple <laughs> options if you don't feel comfortable. And I say that if you don't feel comfortable mailing in your ballot uh, because you're afraid that the USPS won't um, won't pick it up um, on your ballot, on your sample ballot, you're actually going to see. Hopefully, um, it's going to be on your sample ballot, your actual ballot. You're actually going to see the six closest drop-off locations. So we're literally, the, 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 the LA County Registrar Record is literally giving you all the information that you need on your ballot. Uh, and then you just have to make sure that uh, your ballot um, is postmarked by November 3rd. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they'll be counted up to 17 days after the election. Oh, the last thing, there's an app that the Registrar Recorder is doing that will show you the wait times at voting centers across LA County. Amazing. What yeah. do you know the name of the app? Uh, I you just go on lavote.net when they have it. Um, and then as soon as all of that information, I'm, I'm sure the next time you do this, just remind people that there's an app out there and then, uh, you know, just put it on your social media and stuff. Yes. Yes. We will do September, that for sure. We, we were supposed to be getting a list, um, by the 10th, but obviously I don't think that that has come out yet. Um, everything's so delayed. <laughs> it, it, it is. And it's, and it's hard and we get it. And, um, and I know the registrar, we had a meeting with them a few weeks ago, like they get it. They want to make sure that folks uh, know, um, know what they can do and what their options are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Drexel, as always, it is a pleasure and you are a wealth of information and uh, we just got to keep reminding people to vote. Vote, vote, vote. Vote, <laughs> vote, vote. And, and where can people follow you? at Drexel Heard, and uh, you know, you'll, if you follow my Twitter feed, you'll see a lot of that over the next uh, 44 days. Yes, yes, yes. But to my listeners out there, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Need to Talk the Podcast, and Twitter at underscore We Need to Talk underscore.